Good morning. Yes, my name is Eric. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to you. The New Testament reading is found in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, get rid of all ill will and all deceit, pretense, envy, and slander. Instead, like a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word. Nourished by it, you will grow into salvation, since you have tasted that the Lord is good. The word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Pam. If you're able, please stand for the gospel reading found in Matthew chapter 4. Verses 17 to 22. From that time, Jesus began to announce, change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. As Jesus walked alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew throwing fishing nets into the sea because they were fishermen. Come follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away, they left their nets and followed him. Continuing on, he gave another set of brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with, with Zebedee, their father, repairing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. The gospel of the Lord. Please remain standing for you as we pray this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the God who speaks, that you speak continually by your Spirit through your Word in your Son. Thank you that you're speaking to us today, and we ask that you would give us ears to hear, that we might hear and that you would help us to understand what you're saying to us, that would actually reach down into our hearts and change our lives that we might be more aligned with you and your character and your plans and your purposes, your dreams and your visions for our lives and for the world. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Good morning, New Life Downtown. It's great to see you. I missed you. Last week, we didn't gather together, so it's good to be back together in person. For those of you who are watching online today, I know a lot of people are homesick, still battling one thing or another. If that's you, we love you. We miss you. We're praying for you. Hope that you're doing well and look forward to when you're able to uh, come back and join us. And we didn't meet last week, so I can still say Happy New Year to everyone. Yeah, 2023, the year of Michael Jordan is what I've been told. Like the 20, you know, we got a few. <laughs> uh, but it's also in the church calendar today, the day that we celebrate two things. One is the baptism of Jesus, which we mentioned just a little while ago. And the other thing is Epiphany, uh, the day that we celebrate the fact that Jesus has been revealed not only as the Messiah of Israel, but as the Savior of the whole world and the king of the cosmos. So this is the day we celebrate the three wise men coming and recognizing Jesus came for everybody. And it's a moment where we recognize that revelation or epiphanies are not just a, a moment in time, but because we serve a God who speaks, epiphanies are always happening, that God is always in the process of revealing himself to us. 
typically in ways that are unexpected or that we're not looking for, or they're easy to miss if we're not paying attention. And so part of the invitation of Epiphany is to learn how to sort of look around and see the signs of God at work in our midst. And so before we turn our attention to the text and talking a little bit about 2023, I wanna stop for a moment and share some of the signs of how God's been at work in our community over the last year. And just to celebrate some things and give thanks to God for the way that he has revealed himself to us during 2022. So here are the few highlights of the things that happened this last year. First, we had 25 water baptisms last year. 25 people that said yes to following Jesus into the waters of baptism. 31 child dedications which is amazing. Uh, We launched our first weekly prayer meeting where we're gathering together on Mondays at noon at the Commons to pray. We're gonna launch that again on Monday, January 30th. Uh, Jay mentioned we fully funded our three Alpha courses and the ones in Albania. I had actually breakfast yesterday with Robert and Jenny Wheelis, our partners over in Albania. They were here stateside and we got a chance to celebrate together. They had an additional eight people come to Christ uh, in, uh, in Albania which for those of you who know the Eastern European post-communist sort of context, there's a lot of work to do to break through with the gospel and the spirit moved in some cool ways uh, over there. We ourselves sent our first short-term mission trip to Guatemala, the first one that we'd taken since uh, COVID. We launched 28 meal groups last year. Sarah hosted two more EH courses. Evan and Martha and others trained 20 mentors, people to come along and mentor others in discipleship and 40 people to help them understand what it means to be mentored and how to ask and search out a mentor. We had 20 couples go through premarital counseling. We hired our first full-time youth pastor. It took us, you know, 10 and a half years, but we got there. Uh, Since then, our student ministry has doubled uh, in kind of weekly average participation. And that's not simply because we hired somebody. That is a huge testimony to our volunteers. Some of our volunteers in student ministry have been volunteering weekly for three, four, five years. So student ministry volunteers, thank you. Thank you for your patience and your faithfulness in that. Our kids ministry team and volunteers partnered with 189 families coming on Sunday mornings. We renovated the Palmer's Teacher Lounge as a way to bless the teachers here and encourage them. During the Christmas season, we adopted 49 Palmer students uh, to provide gifts and resources for them during this holiday season. Because of your generosity, we partnered with the city and several other churches to renovate the Salvation Army Family Shelter, which was huge during that brutal winter uh, cold front we had come through in December. We continued all of our partnerships with Cuz I Love You and Mary's Home and Royal Family Kids and Springs Rescue Mission and Safe Families and Care Portal, where you volunteered time and gave generously of resources to support those ministries. And we continued our partnership with our global missionary partners uh, through both financial giving as well as prayer and support and encouragement. I think actually Lauren and Kyle Radcliffe are here. Are you guys here today, Lauren and Kyle? thought they were going to be at the, what's that? Back corner. Welcome home, you guys. They're here for a little bit before they head back uh, to missionary training school. So they're gonna be out in the lobby uh, afterwards if you wanna catch up with them and hear how their process of training is going and discernment of where God is sending them into the world. And all of those things don't account for all of the hours that you served. 
but the ways in which you said yes to serving other people. It doesn't account for all the prayers that you prayed, but the ways that you showed up and offered care and comfort to people that were going through hard times, difficulties in jobs or family or facing devastating loss or sickness. It doesn't account for the many ways that you have extended counsel to one another or even offered counseling, particularly our mental health professionals and the way that you have come around and cared for our congregation and cared for our community in really difficult times. It doesn't account for the number of times that you opened your door and extended hospitality to other people or the way that you've lived out your lives as neighbors, as friends, as strangers, as coworkers, as people walking through the supermarket and sitting in coffee shops and extending the love and care and presence of Jesus for other people. And it doesn't account for all the ways that you embody the way of Jesus in your work and what you do and how you do it and how you extend the kingdom of God in our city and our country and our world by just the things that you give your heart to during the week. So I want to start this year by saying thanks be to God and thanks be to you. Thanks God for all of his faithfulness and his generosity to us. And thank you, New Life Downtown, for your answering call of faithfulness and generosity. By the way, you've said yes to God's great yes to you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It has been a great year. And 2023 is also going to be a great year. Yes. So there's several things I'm excited for as we look ahead to this next year. I'm excited for the continued growth and development of all those ministries that I mentioned. Jay just talked about Alpha getting ready to relaunch. We're getting ready to relaunch our meal groups. So if you've ever thought about being a meal group leader and hosting people in your home and welcoming them into a space to uh, meet together and eat together and share about what Jesus is doing in one another's lives in one another's lives and pray for one another. That's what being a meal group leader is. So I encourage you to find Jay and say, hey, I would like to do that. EH will launch again in February. Our mentoring things will be kicking back up again soon. You're gonna be hearing a lot about launches, which will always include lunches because we just do the two things always uh, together. We're gonna be adding some more opportunities for content and connection, ways of gathering around shared interests or conversations around books and ideas and scripture to be able to get together and have those. I'll be saying more about that as those develop. We'll be continuing to explore ways to enrich both marriages and singles, knowing that both matter to the church, both matter to the kingdom, both are significant ways of living out faithfulness to Jesus. We're going to be launching Celebrate Recovery in April. So we've got a core team kind of forming and getting ready to launch that. Uh, pray for us for a location. We you know, are a little bit building deficient here. Um, we got this space on Sunday morning, but looking for a place to be able to host Celebrate Recovery here in the city. Uh, we've been working with Palmer to establish a community care closet. So a space here at the school where kids who have very practical, immediate needs can go to to have those needs met. Uh, so we've cleaned out the room, put in shelves, and pretty, pretty soon we're gonna let you know, like, hey, this is what the students need to kind of help them thrive during the course of the school day. Uh, and we've got a great partner here at Palmer that that's what she does. She just tries to help meet immediate practical needs for kids so they can focus on their education. We're gonna be reinvigorating a lot of our local partnerships, even 
even more as everyone kind of comes out of the pandemic season, particularly our relationships with uh, kids in the foster care system and families who offer foster care. I love this congregation's heart. Uh, for our kids in this city uh, who find themselves in those places and the ways that you open your homes and come alongside families that are opening their homes into foster care. So if you're involved in that work in our city, thank you, thank you. And then we're gonna be sending our second trip to Guatemala in June. I'm gonna be going. My 13-year-old's gonna be coming with me on her first mission trip. Uh, And there's so much more to share uh, that I'll share kind of as we go along as opportunities develop. But this morning, what I wanna do is I just wanna to zoom out for a bit. As I've been thinking and praying about 2023, I keep finding myself coming back to Psalm 37. Psalm 37 is a the portion of Psalm 37 is what I shared with you when we announced the leadership transition that Pastor Glenn and Holly were going to be heading to California and I would get a chance to step into this role. And Psalm 37 was, was kind of just kept coming to me and it keeps coming back. Psalm 37 verse three says this, It says, trust the Lord and do good. Live in the land and farm faithfulness. Live in the land and farm faithfulness. I think it keeps coming back to me because I grew up in rural Iowa. So any things about farming, even though I didn't grow up on a farm, I just like gravitate toward that language. But it gives us a picture, actually a little bit of what life with God is always like for the people of God. They were called to continually rely on Jesus, to trust the Lord, to do good, to serve other people, to look for ways that we can actually do good in the world. And we're called to stay rooted in community because it's in community where our character is formed. And it's in community where we actually get to taste and see the fruit of God's faithfulness over a long period of time. So trust in the Lord and do good, live in the land and farm faithfulness. But over the last few weeks, my focus began to gravitate toward the next verse, which says this, enjoy the Lord and he will give you what your heart asks. Other translations will say, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And our favorite part of that is that second part. We're like, well, what does that mean? And how do I handle that with unanswered prayer and things that haven't come to pass yet? But I'm going to disappoint you today. I'm going to focus on the first half. And then we'll get to the other half, you know, another time. But it says to enjoy the Lord, to delight in the Lord. The original language has this sense of take pleasure in him. Be refreshed in him. Refresh yourself in relationship with him. Eugene Peterson in the message translates it, keep company with God. Stay in God's company. Stay in God's presence. That verb enjoy only occurs a handful of times in the Old Testament. One of them is in Isaiah 55. It says this, Isaiah 55 verse 2, listen carefully to me. This is God speaking. Listen carefully to me. And eat what is good. Enjoy the riches of feasts. You're like, we already did that for the last like 10 days. Now we're, you know, opening our other apps at this point. But enjoy the riches of feasts. Listen and come to me. Listen and you will live. Isaiah connects delight to coming and listening to God. He connects delight to coming and learning from God what's good and how to actually enjoy that. 
how to understand what are the good things that God has for us in the world and how do we as the people of God enjoy those things. He says to enjoy God is to really be in his presence and to feast on his words. Peter uses really similar imagery in our New Testament reading. He says, instead, like a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word, referring to the scriptures, to the Bible. Be nourished by it, because then you will grow into salvation since you have tasted that the Lord is good. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? That you will grow into salvation. Salvation. The image that came to my mind as I read that was a moment, probably maybe seven years ago, I took my oldest daughter, Cora, I think she was six years old at the time, I took her to her first concert. The church that I was working at in Tulsa was having a band called Stars Go Dim play, and then Bob Goff was going to speak, uh, and Bob's just, you know, endless energy. So I was like, let's go. We'll support the, our friends who are in the band. We'll listen to them. We'll listen to Bob. So we sat up in the corner because it was a bit loud and had some you know, earmuffs on for, for Cora. And we enjoyed the time. Then we went down to the merch table. I went to go and buy her first concert t-shirt, right? Like it's the first time she needs a t-shirt to mark this occasion. And all they had was adult sizes left. So here I've got my little like six-year-old and I buy her this Stars Go Dim t-shirt and it comes down to here, <laughs> right? And she's just like waddling around. It It looks more like an evening gown for her to go to sleep in. You know, it's like, it's more, it looks more like pajamas than a t-shirt. And now at 13, like she barely fits the shirt anymore. All these years later. And I think that's a little bit of what this image is getting like. We have been clothed with Jesus Salvation has been put on us, and we are growing up into it. The clothes are already there. Jesus has already clothed us with himself, given us his grace and salvation, and now we're growing up into it, and we do so over the course of our lives in the same way that Korah grew by doing the things we all do, right? Eating her vegetables and what we call the grow food in our house to try to, you know, help encourage them to eat those things. And taking care, she was eating, being nourished, and she grew up in the same way. We're nourished by the very word of God that we might grow up into being who we already are in Christ, that we might grow up into salvation. But it begins with this idea of being nourished by the word. Ezekiel and John, they both have similar image where they have the prophet and then John in his vision consuming or eating scrolls. This idea of taking the very words of God and consuming them. Jesus in his temptation moments in the wilderness goes back to the enemy who is confronting him and tempting him and says that we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the very mouth of God. I think this imagery of sort of eating and nourishing gives us a picture that captures the essence of discipleship and what it means to be a follower or a student or an apprentice of Jesus. In one of my favorite books, The Divine Conspiracy, the late, great Dallas Willard defined discipleship this way. He says, if I am Jesus's disciple then that means I am with him to learn from him how to be like him. If I'm a follower of Jesus, if I am a disciple, if I'm a student of his, then what that fundamentally means is that I am with him 
in order to learn from him how to become like him, how to be like him, how to live my life in the Jesus way, to actually follow in his footsteps, to be with him and to listen to him, to be in his presence and feast on his words, feast on his teaching, to actually ingest his teachings in such a way that they become a part of who I am and they fuel how I live. And that's part of what this image tells us is that we bring it in and we internalize everything that God's given to us in love, that it might be externalized in our lives in love for other people. That that process would happen, that we would receive everything good from God and that that would begin to actually take root in us and then bear fruits in the rest of our lives. That definition, definition, I think, helps elucidate our mission as one of the eight congregations of New Life Church. As a collection of congregations, our mission is to make disciples, to make disciples of Jesus in the Pikes Peak region by calling people to worship and to connect and to serve, to gather together for corporate worship and to learn how to engage in worship even outside of this space, to connect with one another here and in our homes and meal groups and courses, and to look for opportunities to serve one another in the church, in the city, and in the world. The mission is to provide opportunities for us to come and to be with Jesus together. And we might have lots of spaces in our life that we can be with him, to learn from him how to be like him. So this sense of worship and connect and serve, they're not just a checklist of Christian activities. They're meant to be a means of being with Jesus. Actually, all of the spiritual practices, all the spiritual disciplines, they're not meant to be like, okay, I accomplished that, I did that, I did this thing, okay, I'm, I'm all done for the day, I can sort of go on with the day, but they're meant to actually bring us into the very presence of Jesus, that we might then walk with Jesus throughout the entire day, if any of our practices become about something other than being with Jesus, something's actually gone astray in our Christian practices. They're meant to put us in the very presence of God, that we might enjoy him, delight in him, receive from him, and then learn how to live out his ways in our world. So worshiping, connecting, and serving are not just things that we do, they're actually avenues of discipleship. And that local mission of any church really flows out of Jesus' great commission where he gathers his disciples together after his resurrection and he says, go into all the world and make disciples. And that's not coming out of nowhere for them. They know what he means because that flows out of his discipleship making life. This is what he did with them. This is what he modeled for them for three years walking alongside of them. So we're gonna begin this year delighting in Jesus' words, delighting, feasting, enjoying, ingesting the very words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. So we're gonna be particularly in Matthew chapter five, six, and seven from now until Easter Sunday. And so I wanna encourage you, take some time over these months, read those words over and over and over again. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Memorize your favorite portions. Get bold. Memorize the whole thing. Ingest it. Let it go inside and take root in such a way that we might look up and say, oh, Jesus is showing me this about himself or this about my life. This is 
what is happening by the Spirit of God in those moments. In Matthew's gospel, we enter the sermon through Jesus' announcement of the kingdom and his calling of the first disciples. So they become sort of the setup for us as we come into that moment. Matthew 4, 17 says this, from that time on, so after his baptism and temptation, from that time on, Jesus began to announce, change your hearts and lives because here comes the kingdom of heaven. Jesus comes on the scene and he announces a fresh divine invasion. He says the kingdom of God is breaking in and breaking through, and it's doing so in the person of Jesus. And then he calls people to repent, to turn toward God, toward the kingdom. Sometimes when we think of repentance, we think repentance is just, you know, sort of a subtle change of thinking or a slight change of course. But the way the scriptures present repentance is it's a whole life revolution. It's the way, it's a total reorientation of one's life and one's direction. Frederick Bruner in his brilliant commentary on Matthew says this. He says, repentance is not merely a change of mind or a regret. It is a complete change of life direction that what we're doing as followers of Jesus is we are turning toward the kingdom in every area of our lives, not just in one isolated area, but our entire lives are being turned toward the kingdom that is actually coming to us. We're not turning and chasing something down, but we're turning to something that's already coming after us. And that song we sang a little bit earlier, it said, your goodness is coming after me. What we see in the scriptures is that the kingdom of heaven is coming and we are typically moving in this direction away from it as it keeps coming. But when we turn, when we repent, we find ourselves colliding into the king and the kingdom that are already coming after us. It's that picture we see in Luke 15 of the prodigal son who comes to his senses and says, I don't want to live like this anymore and turns around and bam, gets smacked by the father who's coming running after him to welcome him home. We're turning toward the kingdom that is coming after us. My turning began at 16. I was a sophomore in high school. And 29 years later, there's parts of my life that are still turning. And I'm still learning what it means to turn into the kingdom of God. He goes on in the next verse and says this, as Jesus walked alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea because well, they're fishermen. That's, I guess, what you do. And he says, come follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And right away, they left their nets and they followed him. In the next verse, he sees another set of brothers and he calls to them. It says that immediately they left the boat and their dad. Jesus comes to them, comes to the disciples, he comes to us. And he calls them to himself. He calls us to himself. This coming to him, though, involves a leaving of other things. If repentance is a turning, the discipleship in some ways is a leaving. And that leaving is disruptive. It's difficult. It's costly. That's why Bonhoeffer described, titled his book on discipleship, The Cost of Discipleship. In the image of these four brothers, we see the first set, they have to leave their nets. The second group, they leave a boat and their father. 
It's not just in this initial decision, but life, the life of discipleship is an ongoing, never-ending leaving and turning toward God and toward his kingdom. It's a life of continual disruptions and difficulties and costs. Jesus actually compares discipleship to carrying a cross. He says discipleship is a kind of dying that if anyone wants to be my disciple, if anyone wants to follow me, they must come after me, take up their cross, die to themselves. The words of Jesus then in the Sermon on the Mount, if that's what discipleship is, then whenever we read the words of Jesus, they should challenge us. They should disrupt us. They should agitate us. They should have some sort of like, oh, did you have to say it like that? Sort of moment. And they should continue to do so throughout our life of growing up into salvation. May we never become people who believe we have nothing left to learn from Jesus. May we never become people who say, no, I already know that. I've already learned everything I have to learn from that guy. The Sermon on the Mount encourages us to keep listening. So I encourage us in this new year to keep listening again. Listen again to the words of Jesus. Listen again to the invitation of Jesus. Listen again to the challenge of Jesus. Allow those words to challenge us again, fresh and anew. And to do so with the deep sense of knowing that discipleship is not just a leaving. It's also a coming. It's a coming to Jesus. It's a being with Jesus. And it's a coming to the one who first comes to us. It's a being with the one who wants to be with us. It's a delighting in the one who also delights in us. It's a being in his presence and feasting on his words, being in the presence and feasting on the one whose words actually have life. We sang it just a second ago in that song that we know that even in a dying, that it's a doorway in to resurrected life. Discipleship is not just a dying. Yes, there's a death. Yes, there's a burial. Sometimes there's a long waiting. Sometimes longer than we wanted to see what is going to happen out of that moment of challenge that we receive from Jesus. How is this going to turn out? But like a seed planted in the soil, what we find in our lives is that kingdom life takes root in hidden places. And eventually, it breaks through to the surface. Not always in the way that we want, not always in the timing that we want, not always when we expect it, but eventually the life of the kingdom breaks through the surface and new life is revealed and begins to grow. And the promise of the scriptures is that that life is a life of delights. That life is a life of eternal joy. As the worship team comes today and as Evan comes to lead us to the table, we get a picture of this here in this moment. The table in many ways is a symbol of discipleship. It's discipleship enacted where we once again hear the call of Jesus to come and to feast with him, to come to his table. And we turn, we leave, we even leave our seats and we come to this place to be with him at his table, to be in his presence, to feast on him, the bread of life, and to ask him to teach us once again how it is that we can live our life in the Jesus way, not only, not by our own strength, but by the very grace of God 
and by the indwelling of the Spirit. Would you take a moment right now with me and just close your eyes, maybe open up your hands. And hear once again the invitation of Jesus saying to you, come follow me. Jesus saying to you, repent, turn, because here comes the kingdom. The kingdom is coming after you. Jesus is inviting you. And as we step into this new year, another year of discipleship, and we understand what it means to delight in his presence, to delight in his words, to delight even in the transformation that is hard for us at times, to delight in the kingdom life that's taken root in us, to delight in the salvation that we've been given and to delight even in the pains of growing up in to that salvation. Jesus, would you help us? As we come to this table, we recognize that that quote from Dallas Willard is this invitation to come to be with Jesus. He invites us to the table to hear from Jesus where he's speaking, to become like him. So we participate again in this Holy Communion. This is Jesus' table. All who believe in Jesus as the true king of the world are welcome to receive regardless of your church background or affiliation. If you are here and you don't believe as we believe, thanks for choosing to spend Sunday morning with us. We're honored that you are here and we encourage you keep coming, keep asking questions about Jesus. And if you are here this morning and you're saying, I'm ready to believe and follow his teachings and we invite you to join as we confess our sin and ask for God's forgiveness and place our trust in him again. This is a corporate confession that we say. The words will come up on the screen. Let's say it together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name, amen. So beloved, it is my joy this morning to announce good news to you. Words that are true, not because I say them, but because what God has done. So would you open up your hands and receive again this mercy of God, that Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners, and that this proves God's love toward us, that in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. The peace of the Lord be with you. As those who have been raised to a new life in Jesus, would you stand together now and greet those around you, your brothers and sisters in Christ, and pass the peace of Christ and share it with them.
Beloved, Jesus is here. So lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right all the world. Just lift up thanksgiving to God. God, it is a good and joyful thing to give thanks to you, O oh Father Almighty. You formed us in your image and you breathed your life into us. When our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When we were unfaithful, you sent your son to be faithful on our behalf. We remember your faithfulness in these words that on the night that he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had blessed it, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup of wine and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. So in remembrance of God's mighty acts and in Jesus Christ, we proclaim this mystery of our faith together, that Christ has died, that Christ is risen, and that Christ will come again. All of us who are in Christ are part of the priesthood of believers. So would you stretch out your hands, heavenward or towards the elements? We're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to meet us here. So pour out, oh God, your Holy Spirit on us. Pour out your spirit on these gifts of bread and wine. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, O oh God, make us one with Jesus, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Jesus returns in final victory. Amen. I want to invite the servers to come on up now and come on up on stage and grab the elements. These are the gifts of God given for us, the people of God. Receive them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving. Thanks, Debbie. In just a moment, we're gonna come forward and receive the elements. This is how it's gonna work. Beginning at the front of each section, everyone who's able to will exit to your left and come forward. If you're in the balcony, there's prepackaged elements in the upper corner, or you can come join the section on my left, your right. Uh, if you're not able to come forward, please just ask someone near you to bring the elements back to you if you want to receive. If you are not receiving and choosing not to receive, please still come forward. The rows can get tight. It just helps with flow. And then just walk by the servers and go back to your seats. The first server will take a gluten-free cracker and they'll dip it in non-alcoholic wine and then place it in your hand. Uh, you may receive right then and there or take it back and receive the elements together with those who are sitting around you or that you came with. If you would like pre-practiced elements, you can ask the servers for those too. They're in the baskets. Now, there's also just napkin dispensers right there that you can grab a napkin as well. Uh, there'll be two stations in front of most of the sections, so just be aware that you can alternate as the line flows. And after everyone has received our ministry team, which are many of the people that are serving you communion, will remain up here. That a response in worship is us coming and receiving the elements of the table and another response might be that you need someone to pray with you about what's going on in life. And they'll remain up after service is over to pray with you and be with you as long as you need. The table is open. Let's respond now to God's great grace and worship together as we come.